Well, I want to take just a few moments here just to meditate on an aspect of the cross of Jesus Christ. And in particular, we're going to focus this evening on Jesus' cross, my, or call, uh, or cry, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And as we jump into it, I want to share with you just a little bit of a peek behind the curtain of who Anthony is. Uh, I love to find the answers to my questions, right? Uh, what I mean by that is, you know, when I was a kid and my mom was late for work or late uh, to come home from work, I would call her at the office. I would call her on her cell phone to figure out why she's late. If she didn't answer, I would park at the front door to be sure to quickly inquire of her immediately when she walked in why she was late. Another example is, is when I was sick or in the hospital uh, as a youngster, I would just pepper doctors with questions, probably questions that were way too mature uh, for my age. But I wanted to know what was happening, what was going to happen, when was I going to get out, right? So you can imagine uh, what this season is doing and in my heart uh, as it pertains to finding answers to questions. Uh, take yesterday, for instance. Uh, we were uh, headed to Costco to, to look for some toilet paper or some cleaning products. And so we called ahead of time. Uh, and to my chagrin, there was a voicemail. So we received no answer, uh, just a, a voicemail that essentially said, hey, and if you're calling uh, to ask us if we have certain products, well, um, uh, we're not going to tell you that. And so that frustrated me. I have no answers as to when I'm going to get out of extrovert jail. Uh, this is kind of miserable for extroverts like myself. Uh, now, the questions get a little more serious. A couple weeks ago, uh, I was experiencing some medical difficulties, and so I called the doctor to ask some questions, and literally I couldn't get through to my doctor. Now, to my doctor's defense, I know he was treating people who are far sicker than I was, but but it caused angst and anxiety in me to not receive any answers. And of course, there are those really serious questions that we're all answering right now. What happens if I catch this virus? What happens to my loved one who has compromised immune systems? What would happen if I get laid off? Will I have enough money next month, right? Those are serious and real questions. What about the supernatural questions? How long, oh Lord, will you forget me? Why is this happening? How could you let this happen? Very real questions that most human beings ask. The good news is we're in good company as we ask those questions, because in places like Psalm 13, we have that very question in verse 1 where, where David cries out, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? One of my friends said this, he says, To be remembered is to be considered alive. And I wonder if we can tweak that to say, To be responded to or answered when we ask makes us feel alive. Because the reality is, is silence makes us feel forgotten, doesn't it? Well, tonight, let me just uh, read to you a couple of verses out of Psalm 22. It's just verses 1 and 2. The first part of the first one will be very familiar. Um, David writes this. He says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? From the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night. But I find no rest. So here's a couple thoughts I want to just share in brief with you here tonight. The first one is, is at the beginning of this, one of the most favorite, famous cries in the Bible, where Jesus on the cross, literally a verse, uh, two verses away from when he gave up his spirit or he died on the cross, he cries out to his heavenly father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
Now, he was actually quoting Psalm 22 when he said that. But, but if you read it in full, he's basically saying, I cry out and you don't answer. The original context of this is a psalm of David, where David is innocent. And the initial readers of the psalm would understand that this is an anguished question. That a person who is distressed by not receiving any relief for their pain or any answers to their prayers. This falls into the category of what I, I want to call a lament that we see throughout Scripture. Let me give you my own working definition of what a lament is. It's a sorrowful prayer or song by a sufferer directed to God that has no easy answers, and sometimes none at all. It's a sorrowful prayer or song by a sufferer directed to God that has no easy answers, sometimes no direct answer from God at all. The Christian faith is familiar with Laments, uh, repentance is a form of a prayer of lament where we are sorrowful for the ways that we sin against God and we repent and turn away from that to his life and to his goodness. A third to a half of the Psalms are Psalms or songs of lament. There's a book called Lamentations, Job laments, Jesus laments right after Palm Sunday over Jerusalem. Times of suffering like this and unanswered questions connects us to a sacred sorrow, as Michael Card would call it, of lament that we find in the pages of Scripture. N.T. Wright wrote this uh, in a piece not too long ago. He says, Rationalists want explanations. Rom- or, sorry, romantics want to be given a sigh of relief. But perhaps what we need more than ever is to recover the biblical tradition of lament. Lament is what happens when people ask why and don't give an answer. It's part of the Christian calling or vocation not to be able to explain and to lament instead. As the Spirit laments within us, so we become, even in our own self-isolation, small shrines where the presence and healing love of God can dwell. So that's sacred sorrow, or the topic of lament. Let's uh, hit one other thought Uh, Before we wrap up here, Uh, this one is, uh, I want us to consider who is crying out this sacred sorrow of Psalm 22. It is Jesus Christ as he is being murdered on the cross. Jesus Christ, the one who Paul says in Colossians 1.17, holds everything together. Hebrews talks about how he holds the whole universe together by the very word of his power. He is the most innocent person to ever walk the face of the planet, yet he is unjustly and brutally murdered on the cross for our sins. And in that moment, God turns his back on him. As we lament over this broken world and its effects and hear what seems to be silence, there is a unique way that we stand in solidarity with the God of the universe in his sacred sorrow. The same suffering Savior who uh, essentially cried out to his father in the Garden of Gethsemane and says, Lord, if it's possible for you to take this cup of your wrath and, and take it away from me so I don't have to have it poured out on me on the cross, please take it if it's your will. But his father remained silent, literally to the very end, where he turns his back on his son. You see, our sacred sorrow connects us in a unique way and identifies us with our sorrowful Savior, Jesus Christ. 
So here's a few application points as we wrap up. First, as we feel unanswered, consider what God may want you to get out of this season. A friend said that to me last night. He's saying, I don't understand what's happening. It's grievous. I'm lamenting, but I'm really wrestling and saying, God, uh, don't let me miss what you have for me in lament, in sacred sorrow. You see, here's a reality for us as modern day American Christians. We have never faced what we are facing right now and likely what is coming our direction. I don't know. I can't tell the future, but 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 there is some aspect of this that isn't going to go away quickly overnight. And, and in some ways, it would be a tragedy if we missed what God wanted us to get out of this season where he is pushing us to the reality of a broken world and the need for a savior. Our temptation is going to be to try to control it, right? To look at, oh, they say there's going to be an antidote. That's great. Or, oh, you know, usually after pandemics, there's a, there's a V curve in the economy and there's going to be a boom after this. So, so that's our hope. And friends, if that's where we are immediately moving and we are failing to lament the brokenness of this world, we are missing, I think, part of what God wants to teach us as an American church. And if we're not trying to control it, we may just try to avoid it altogether by Netflixing ourselves to death. So let me just encourage you in this Ask the Lord, what would you have for me? Admit we are broken and in a broken world and in need for a Savior and ask the Lord to drive us to him in this season of sacred sorrow. Two other quick things. One, as we feel, as as others feel unanswered, as we as followers of Christ come across people who feel like their prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling, let me encourage you to take them to this sorrowful Savior. So often we want to heal wounds lightly and just explain it away. But some of this stuff we just can't explain away. We don't have the answers. But we do know the one who does. Don't miss an opportunity to journey with another person to the foot of the cross and to this suffering, sorrowful Savior. And friends, as we feel unanswered and forgotten by God, consider this cry of Jesus Christ on the cross, at least in part, God's response saying, I have not forgotten you. Consider the person who's crying it, the perfect, righteous, never done anything wrong, Jesus Christ who was murdered on the cross for your sake. He was forgotten by his father to take on your and my sins So that if we call on him by faith, that even though the road gets as rough as it possibly can, he will never forget us because he took that out on his son. And so friends, as we consider this Good Friday, consider the sacred sorrow of this suffering Savior whose cry went unanswered for our sake so that we would never be abandoned by the Father. Let me close this in prayer. Lord, would you take our hearts and in this moment of lament and sorrow that we are walking through, I pray that you will help us not miss what you would have for us. Lord, of course, I do pray for preservation of life, for relief from suffering. But Lord, from the areas where for whatever reason that we don't understand, you would have us sit in hard times. 
Lord, I pray that our sacred sorrow, our taking these sorrows and cries to you, may lead us to the cross. And so, Lord, would you meet us there? Thank you that you identify with us and we can identify with you in this season in our, of, of suffering. We pray these things in your name. Amen.